0: Good morning church how great God is yeah amen to that it is wonderful to recognize our God to worship him in spirit and in truth we're here this morning to say thank you to God for all the blessings that he's bestowed upon us and so thank you to our God let's please go to God in prayer Our great Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We thank you for all the blessings that you've granted upon us this week. Every one of them, Lord God, for they are countless. They're numberless. We praise you. We know that you know all things and we give to you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And this morning we worship you because of your great plan your great plan in which you sent your Son to redeem us. And we're so thankful, Lord God, to the Godhead for allowing this opportunity for us, for salvation. Thank you for Jesus, who suffered and died in our behalf, that we might be saved. Thank you for that end result, Lord God, of salvation. And please bless us as we worship you That our minds will be focused only on you. And that all worldly thought will be removed. In Jesus' holy name we pray and thank thee. It be thy will. Amen. We're still looking at Jesus in every book of the Bible. So now we're at Amos and Obadiah this morning. Looking at Jesus. We're going to be in chapter 9 of Amos and Obadiah. Amos writes to the northern kingdom uh called Israel so there are 10 tribes that are in the north the other two tribes are south and they are referred to as Judah and Amos's vision describes the judgment of God on Damascus on Philistia on Tyre on Ammon on Moab on Judah and on Israel God is just while Amos shows us God's divine wrath He's also going to show us God's divine deliverance. So if you will, in Amos chapter 9, look at verse 11. In that day, I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. And so those are three points that we're going to build upon this morning. Raising up the fallen booth walling up or repairing the breaches and rebuilding what has been torn down. So again, if you will, I just want to focus our minds on those three blessings. We know that obviously uh, the result of that is through Jesus. But I want us to look again at verse 11. In that day I will raise up the fallen booth of David. And wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins. And rebuild it as in the days of old. To raise up the fallen booth or tent. It's interesting that God does not say to raise up the kingdom or the, the, the temple, if you will, and its glory. But he shows us rather that because of the sin of Israel. That this throne, if you will, looking into the throne room of of the kingdom, has been reduced to a fallen or damaged tent. So imagine the building, the great edifice and now all of a sudden it's just a tent. It's just a fallen booth. The northern kingdom, they were steeped in sin and now they are reaping what they have sown. The northern kingdom, because of sin, will be no more. So Assyria is going to come along. And Syria in 722 B.C. takes the northern kingdom and you hear nothing else of them. They are no longer, they no longer have a king. God's going to bring them all back. But before we get there, the question to ask is, why did the northern kingdom fall? What exactly did they do? Who were they? chapter 5 please I want to begin to look at just a few things that the northern kingdom have been guilty of what what is God accusing them of chapter 5 verse 10 they hate him who reproves in the gate and they abhor him who speaks with integrity so here comes Amos preaching the truth of God's message but they hated it They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. As a matter of fact, they not only hated the truth, when Amos came to preach the truth to them, look at chapter 7, and listen to the response, if you will, of um, the king of Amaziah. Chapter 7, verse 10. Listen to what he says. Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent word to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is unable to endure all his words. You know, they're saying, we we just can't take this in. It's just too much for us to hear that we're going to be taken captive and destroyed because of our wickedness. For thus Amos says, Jeroboam will die by the sword and Israel will certainly go from its land into exile. Not exactly what he said, but they got the point. And verse 12 Amaziah said to Amos, Go, you seer. Flee away to the land of Judah, and there eat bread, and there do your prophesying. Basically what he says is, why don't you go over there and preach to them, because we don't want to hear. We're not going to listen to the truth, because we hate it. Chapter 5 and verse 11. The next accusation that God brings to them. Therefore... Because you impose heavy rent on the poor and exact a tribute of grain from them, though you have built houses of well hewn stone. You have planted pleasant vineyards, yet you will not drink their wine. Now he's saying to them, You are oppressors of the poor. So you hate the truth. Now you are oppressors of the poor. Verse 12, For I know your transgressions. Are many, and your sins are great. You who distress the righteous, and accept bribes, and turn aside the poor in the gate. Therefore, at such a time, the prudent person keeps silent, for it is an evil time. And so here, not only is this oppressive nation, but they're guilty of extortion and robbery. And the man of wisdom, the prudent man, the man of God remains silent. They're not doing so well. Justice has been withheld. In fact, there is no justice. Look at chapter 6 and verse 12. Chapter 6 and verse 12 says, Do horses run on rocks? Or does one plow them with oxen? Yet you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. He continues to say throughout the book of Amos that they're they're lazy, they're complacent, they're materialistic, and they're indulgent, they're tolerant of sin. In fact, they prefer to have sin as opposed to righteousness. Chapter 6 and verse 13, it says, You who rejoice in load the bar and say, Have we not by our own strength taken Carnime for ourselves. And they were arrogant. So they had a lot of problems. But that's not all. Let's turn back to 2 Kings for just a moment. And let's look at uh, chapter uh, chapter 17 of 2 Kings. And let's pick up in verse 16. We read earlier a few lessons ago um, earlier in the text. I want to grab just verses 16 through 18. And they, speaking of the northern kingdom, Israel, and they forsook all the commandments of the Lord their God, and made for themselves molten images, even two calves, and made an Asherah, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served Baal. Then they made their sons and their daughters pass through the fire, and practiced divination and enchantments, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him. So the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. None was left except the tribe of Judah. That's what happened. So now when you look at the northern kingdom, you think of Israel, and you think of this great kingdom and this throne and this massive palace, it's been reduced to just just a booth, if you will. A fallen booth or tent. The second thing, That is spoken of. Jesus promises through Amos. We're going back to Amos chapter 9. Jesus promises through Amos. To repair. To repair the breaches. Of this fallen. Or or damaged tent. You see at this point. Israel is described as being. In a weakened. And powerless condition. But see they didn't believe that. They didn't believe they were weakened. And they didn't believe they were powerless. They thought they were doing just great. They thought they were strong. But the problem is, their defense, you know those walls? They had gaps. They had holes in them. And you can easily, easily, easily reach those walls with no problem whatsoever. And they stood behind those walls as their defense instead of standing with God. So God says, all right now I'm going to repair those breaches, if you will. I'm going to repair the damages that are there. But she was defenseless. She went into captivity. How do you feel, if you think about this for just a moment, when you're arrogant against God and then God shows up? It's not a very good feeling, is it? And when they're being carried off into captivity and destroyed, you know, you kind of wonder what was going through the mind's Of these people who were arrogant and, and had hated the truth and didn't want to hear it. They were oppressors of, of righteousness and they were complacent and they were lazy and there, there was no justice and they were arrogant and all those things. What went through their mind? Church, look, let, let it not be to where we have to suffer to wake up, right? Let it not be that. Someone said a long time ago, um, and speaking of, of, you know, you speak to your friends and families, don't wait to come to church until six men men carry in. You know, one of the pallbearers. Right? See, it doesn't matter what we think about God or how we feel about God. He's still God. And He's not going to change His mind. And God will not change His mind. They went off into captivity because they were so wicked and so evil and they would not change. But God promised He promised, I'm going to fix it. But how does God fix this mess? How does God fix the mess that we're in in our world today? It's through Jesus. One person at a time. But in the book of Amos, the devastated nation was going to be rebuilt and restored from this old booth that was torn down Back to the greatness and the glory days, if you will, of David. Where God was its protector. It would also include the Gentiles. So he'd say, all the nations, both Jew and Gentile, are going to be this new kingdom of God. The glory of the coming day will return. It will be the same glory like in the days of David. Do you feel today like God It's protecting the kingdom, the church, like he protected David. Do you believe that? Do you accept that as truth? Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holding on to us. That God is protecting us. And God is is strengthening us. And God is helping us all along the way. And that we are not doing it on our own. We are not doing it by ourselves. It is all God. Do you believe that? Sometimes I think we forget some of the basic principles of the Scriptures. That it's God who's taking care of us and not we ourselves. Amos 9, again, verse 11, please. In verse 12. And it was as, excuse me, in the wrong place. Verse 11, Amos chapter 9. And in that day, I will raise up the fallen booth of David And wall up its breaches. And I will also raise up its ruins. And rebuild it as in the days of old. That they may possess the remnant of Edom. And all the nations who are called by my name declares the Lord who does this. Now Obadiah tells us in verses 17 to 25. That Jesus is the deliverance and the possessor of this kingdom. This kingdom. So how does all this come together? Let's go to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, the chapters 15. There was an issue going on uh, amongst the the brethren. They were trying to discover the answer in regards to the Gentiles. And there was a great dispute because the Jews were coming along, uh, who were Jewish Christians, if you will, and they were coming along and they were saying that unless the Gentiles are circumcised, they'll have no part of us. And And the Gentiles were saying, well, that's not what the prophecy was. That's not what God said. And so the the Christians all came together in a council in Acts chapter 15 to discover what saith the Lord. So James quotes Amos saying the Gentiles will be brought into the kingdom by the glory of God. Listen to you, if you will. Chapter 15. Let's begin at verse 13. After they had stopped speaking, James answered saying, Brethren, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first concerned himself, and by the way, that's Simon, excuse me, concerned himself about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. And here's Amos' lesson After these things, I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which is fallen. And I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it in order that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication, and from what is strangled, and from blood. And the message continues on. How do you solve, how do we solve problems in life? Where should we go? To the Bible, to the Word of God. The Word of God has all the answers that we need to solve the problems of life. James reminds us of an old prophecy from Amos. He reminds us that Jesus sits on the throne of God. That Jesus did do exactly as he promised through Amos. And that Jesus rules over his kingdom today. And that divided kingdom, the divided kingdom, has now become again a united kingdom. Acts chapter 2. Verse 29. We are united because of Jesus. We are united because of the power of God's grace. We can never forget the prophecy. Verse 29 says, Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. And so... Because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants upon his throne. He looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ. that he was neither abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit he has poured forth that which is both you see and hear for it was not David who was ascended into heaven but he himself says the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies a footstool for thy feet therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made them both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified and you know what they said They said, we are all witnesses to this. He's talking to thousands of people. And he said, we are all witnesses to this. This was an undeniable fact that Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the grave. And you don't have to believe that by faith. You just go back and study history. And when you study history history reveals to you that they were all witnesses to the fact that Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the grave. And they were all witnesses. They were all there. Why do we struggle with that? Ephesians, please, chapter 2. And through this death, and through this burial, and through this resurrection, Jesus has brought us all together as a united kingdom all jews and all gentiles who are in christ in verse 11 the bible says therefore remember that formerly you the gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision which is performed in the flesh by human hands remember that you were at that time separate from christ excluded from the commonwealth of israel and strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so this passage refers to God's great plan of salvation from the very beginning of time until today. That all of mankind will be saved only in one way, and that's through Jesus Christ and no other way. And in Galatians chapter... Chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. In verse 26. The Bible says. For you are all sons. You are all sons of God. Through faith. In Christ Jesus. For all of you. Who were baptized. So who are the sons? All who have been baptized. For all of you. Who have been baptized into Christ. Have clothed yourselves. With Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek there's neither slave nor free man there's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus and if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's offspring's heir according to promise that fallen booth that destroyed tent the breaches that were broken, the holes that were in the walls. How does God fix all the mess, if you will, the sins of people? He did it through Jesus. And this morning, if you're not a child of God, and you're not one of His. But God is willing and ready to unite you with the body of believers all over the world. If this morning we can help, if you're struggling in your faith, we can pray with you or pray for you. If you are not a child of God and today you would like to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism, here's the opportunity. Today is the day that God has granted to us, another day, to hear his word, to believe it, to repent or have godly sorrow, to confess his name before man, to be baptized, immersed in water. If this morning we can help you in any way, please come while together we stand. And sing our song of invitation.